Hello, it's Claire Yosa here with episode 40 of the Dare to Dream Bigger podcast. And this one is for you if you have ever found yourself dreaming big but playing small because of self-doubt. So the show notes for this episode, you're going to want to get them. I've got some bonuses waiting there for you. They're at claryosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash four zero. And that's C-L-A-R-E-J-O-S-A dot com forward slash podcast forward slash four zero. And today I want to talk to you about why we've got to stop lying to ourselves about self-doubt. Now that might sound pretty controversial, but it's become an epidemic. I was at a PR conference for a couple of days last week, a fantastic event, Soulful PR Live, led by Janet Murray. And I got to meet with and pitch stories to national media journalists. It was a big comfort zone stretch, but it also went fantastically well. And I've made some brilliant new friends, some great contacts, and I can't tell you who or when yet, but I got some yeses from the media too. The thing is, one of the things I said I wanted to talk to them about was imposter syndrome. And we've all heard of imposter syndrome now, that kind of feeling like a fraud. When are they going to catch me out? What if they realise I'm not meant to be here in the big boy or girl club? And I thought they'd be really excited. But here's the thing. They said, oh, God, that's been done to death two years ago. We're bored of imposter syndrome. To which I said, but hang on. It's still an absolute epidemic out there. And I'm seeing it in my mentoring clients, in my mastermind students and my readers. It's not fixed, far from fixed. But the thing is, they don't want to be repeating articles. And what was printed two years ago clearly hasn't worked or we wouldn't be suffering from imposter syndrome anymore. So this is where the lies about self-doubt come in. Self-doubt, maybe it's your inner critic, it's negative self-talk or imposter syndrome at the more severe end. The first lie we tell ourselves about this is it's just us. If we were to take a step back, why would I be so special that I'm the only person on the planet that ever suffers from self-doubt, yeah? (laughs) Why am I saying that everybody else in the world has got it sorted apart from me? And we all do it. It's a fib. It's not just you. I've worked with people from CEOs of major companies down to solopreneurs and mums who want to set up their own businesses. And I promise you, that fear of being found out as a fraud, not being good enough, thinking that your achievements and accomplishments are just flukes, almost everybody's got it. Or they've had it. So how can you spot if you're running this? Well, there'll be your mind talk, that inner critic on your shoulder telling you that you're not good enough, saying, you know, hey, you've just been offered a chance to write for such and such a newspaper. Who are you to write that article? Who are you to even suggest something to the press? Who are you to go to that conference and do a keynote speech? Who are you to even do a Facebook Live? Who would want to listen to me if I did a podcast? Who would want to read my blog? All of these are early warning signs that you could be running imposter syndrome, that self-doubt is getting in the way of you making the difference you're really here to make in the world. Now, the other symptom, this is really useful because for a lot of us, we've drowned out our self-talk because it just hurts too much. Yeah, your body will tell you. 
if you think right now about something that is a bit of a stretch for you that you've got planned in the next few months and just turn, take a moment to go inside. I'm assuming you're going to be safe doing this. If you're driving, don't do this exercise. Keep your eyes open. If it's safe for you to do so, close your eyes. Ask your body about this event. How do I feel really in my body about this stretch objective or event? And the chances are you'll find a tightening somewhere, a tension, a heaviness. And if you do, that's fine. I'm going to give you a process at the end of this podcast episode to clear that. Because if we clear it in the body, the body, the mind and the emotions are all linked and the soul at a deeper level. If you clear something out in one of these, then you'll clear it out in all the others too. So the body is an early warning sign. If you pay attention to where the tension is moving in your body, yeah, pay attention to the tension, then you'll find you give yourself a heads up before self-doubt gets in the way. So another one, behaviours, where we don't return that call until it's too late, or we pretend we're too busy to do a certain conference, or it doesn't really fit with my business, even though there's part of you wishing you could do it, yeah? That behaviour is another warning sign, but behaviour is just the outward world symptom. So by the time something gets into behaviours, you've actually gone a long way through self-doubt trashing your dreams, but you can still turn it around. I'm going to help you. And the other one is those secret 3am fears, those sessions where you know in your heart that you're not fulfilling your potential and something is missing. And even our closest friends and loved ones don't know. These are some of the symptoms of self-doubt. The earlier you can catch it, the less it gets in your way and the easier it is to handle. So how we normally react? Well, the crazy things we do when self-doubt crops up, yeah? We beat ourselves up. We feel miserable. We make mistakes. I'm going to come to the neuroscience on that in a minute. We turn down the opportunity of a lifetime. We self-sabotage. Yeah, I was working with a businesswoman a few months ago who I was really excited. I was actually paying her to do some stuff to help my business. And she just, it was crazy watching herself sabotage her new business venture. And in the end, we actually had to go our separate ways because she'd self-sabotage so badly it was affecting my business. This is the kind of thing we do. We turn down promotions. We don't accept our achievements. If somebody congratulates us, we say, oh yeah, but I couldn't have done it without Fred. Yeah, this is one of the reasons why, particularly with women, for example, I was working with somebody who wanted to get promoted to partner in their accountancy firm. And she said, you know, I'm going to wait. If, if in three years I'm not partner, then that's it. I'm going and I'll go freelance. And I said, well, what's going to happen to get you to partner? Well, my boss will see the value I'm adding and he'll put me forward. Are you telling him the value you're adding? Oh, no, no, no. He'll see it. Really? Because you could guarantee that Joe in the next office was making sure the boss knew, yeah? <laughs> we don't own our achievements. We make it hard for other people to see the value we're adding. If you're self-employed, if you're a coach, a solopreneur, for example, that's the time when your clients start trying to bargain you down on your prices because you are not owning the value you add to their business or their life. So they won't see it either. We turn down promotions. We don't take those press opportunities. We push on through despite the self-doubt. And that actually comes at quite a big cost. We put on a pretense. We pretend to be this person who's really confident. I saw a video from an extremely well-known coach 
a few weeks ago who charges significant sums to work with them. I'm not going to say if it's a man or a woman. And this person said, whenever I'm going to go live or do something that's really visible, I put my glasses on. It gets me in the zone. It reminds me the person I need to be to be in front of you. I was like, whoa. (laughs) So you can't be yourself to be in front of us. And I was blown away, firstly, by the honesty. Thank you. But secondly, by the fact that this person had to put glasses on in order to be able to really go public. And this person admitted the glasses have blank lenses. There is no prescription. They are a crutch on which this person relies in order to go visible. I would so much rather work with them so they don't need those glasses. I did offer. They're actually quite happy with the glasses. Fine. But that's the kind of thing we do. We put on a pretense. We put on a mask. We pretend to be someone we're not. The downside of this, for example, at a networking event, is the people are not seeing the real you. They can tell you're not authentic. It's harder for them to connect. It's harder for you to inspire and to resonate with your dream audience. And this is also a reason the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, it's the core reason why we'll never reach 50-50 male-female on UK boards, for example. Because guys have imposter syndrome too. They have self-doubts too. But my 15 years of mentoring entrepreneurs, business leaders and passionate world changers has shown me that men handle it differently. They're much more likely just to push on through. Women are much more likely to fall prey to those secret 3am doubts and then not take action and not allow their light to shine and not step up to do the stuff that really scares them. And so they will be dreaming big, but playing small. And this is the biggest barrier to 50-50 on UK boards, no matter how hard we push. So why else are we lying to ourselves about this? Well, I'm going to be really blunt here. I have this t-shirt too, but we're using self-doubt as an excuse not to grow outside of our comfort zones. It's an excuse to stay safe not to really make the difference we're here to make in the world. It's become a badge of honour, both silently. Oh, I had to turn down that interview opportunity because I just, I just felt too much self-doubt and I didn't want to push myself through it because that's just not, that's not good. It's like this spiritual bypass in the business world, yeah? <laughs> and more recently, now that imposter syndrome's out in the open, we actually share it with others. Is oh yeah, I, I didn't put myself forward for that project. You know, it's good old imposter syndrome. It's become a badge of honour. We're almost proud of it. And telling ourselves that we can't change is the other lie. So I was listening to a brilliant podcast by a coach yesterday that a colleague of mine has found great results with. So I'm really chuffed for her. This coach has done a real deep dive on things like imposter syndrome and self-doubt and done some serious research. And they've been able to help lots of people, which is fantastic. But as I was listening to the podcast thinking, yay, I'd love to recommend this to my tribe. I realized this coach had a limiting belief that they were teaching everyone they worked with. And it's a limiting belief that's incredibly common in the coaching and self-help community. And it's the biggest lie that we could possibly tell ourselves about self-doubt and imposter syndrome. That lie, that limiting belief, is that we can't set ourselves free from it, that we will always be the victims of our self-doubt and that we will always have to suffer from imposter syndrome. And I know it's a lie because I used to believe it. (laughs) 
I really thought it was something I had to put up with forever. So I had this badge of honor of, oh, I can't grow my business because I've got self-doubts and imposter syndrome and it's going to be like this forever. No. I work with people one-to-one in my VIP packages and I also run imposter syndrome masterminds when I get to work with people face-to-face on this stuff. And we set ourselves free from the sticky plasters. You can get to the root causes and you can genuinely let go of the need to be addicted to self-doubt, to suffer from imposter syndrome. Sure, every time you grow a comfort zone, there's going to be a bit of you, the amygdala in your brain that's going to go, this isn't safe. The amygdala can't tell the difference between the two core types of fear. I call one of them legitimate fear, the I'm about to be blown off a cliff in a storm. The other one is mind story fear in my book, is the stories we tell ourselves about what might go wrong. That bit of your brain, the amygdala fires off the fight, flight, freeze response, whether or not that saber tiger is real or you're just telling yourself a story about it. When it does that, it makes us contract. How can I get myself safe? It diverts blood flow from the prefrontal cortex of your brain that does all that brilliant thinking, being creative, rational thinking, to the amygdala that just says, where is the tree? How do I get up it? This is why we make mistakes when we're suffering from self-doubt, because we're in firefighting mode. We're running on adrenaline. The whole of your body is coursing with hormones designed to keep you alive that frankly don't care about your next presentation. Yeah. So this is why the neurology is so important. The thing is, it doesn't have to be that way. You can still experience the fear triggers, but if you use the techniques I want to share with you, it doesn't have to last more than a few seconds. You don't have to get stuck in the drama. So the other thing that's running here is secondary gain. It's what psychologists call it. What is imposter syndrome or self-doubt secretly doing for you? Now, we can find this out by answering the question, I can't set myself free from self-doubt because, or I will always have self-doubt because. Getting at least seven answers to that question. Yeah, press pause and do it right now, as long as you're not driving. And look at the answers. That is the secondary gain, the benefit. What is this crazy behavior actually doing for me? When you address that, that deeper hidden need Yeah. And one-to-one is a brilliant way to do this or in one of the masterminds. When you address that hidden need in a healthier way, you set yourself free from the need to experience the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome. So what most people are saying is we just need to do positive thinking and we need to change the tone of voice for inner critic and then it'll all be okay and we'll just bustle on through. And I just know whenever I do anything exciting, imposter syndrome is going to come up, but I'll just push my way through. And we live Life then, with the amygdala firing, with adrenaline running, through gritted teeth, as a pretense, you know, with the mask on, all of it's like walking around with armour on. The likelihood of us loving life, feeling happy, feeling light, making the difference we're here to make and enjoying being who we really are is incredibly low. It doesn't have to be that way as soon as we stop telling ourselves those lies. So the other thing about your neurology is your brain has got neural pathways. It's got little things called synapses that go kind of ping and talk to each other, obviously not out loud. And the synapses that talk together often create little pathways, kind of shortcuts. It's as though you were walking through a field of grass and it's up to kind of waist height 
You walk through it once, by the next day, the grass will have popped back up. You do it 10 times, the grass will probably be staying down. You do it 20 times on a muddy day with kids with heavy welly boots and that becomes a footpath. The thoughts we think most often become the motorways in our brain. So you have this trigger of your boss saying, could you do a presentation to the board next week? And you've got two choices. You can either have the motorway in your brain that goes, no, (laughs) and do it despite that terror. Or you can go, realize it's just a bit of self-doubt. It's just your amygdala saying, is this safe? You've trained yourself to go, it's going to be okay. There's no saber-toothed tiger. And then you can enjoy the process and do your best job. So the other part of your brain that's important on this is the reticular activating system, the RAS. Now, this bit filters sensory information. It's the bit that is currently aware of the blood flow in the little finger on your left hand because your conscious mind doesn't need that information. It learns what to pay attention to by what you think about often, by the beliefs that are important to you, the values, by who you believe you are, your sense of identity. If your sense of identity is built around, I'm a fraud, I'm an imposter, I don't believe in myself, they're going to catch me out one day, this RAS, reticular activating system, is going to oblige. It's going to go, oh, show Claire all the reasons in the outside world that prove she is right because it's important to her. It's a thought she has 20 times a day. So you've got a double whammy. You've got the neurological motorway And you've got the reticular activating system collecting evidence to support that motorway. So this is why you cannot think yourself free from self-doubt and imposter syndrome. You need to do something else. When you think a thought, it fires off a chemical reaction in your body. It triggers various hormones. Your body's cells have got receptors that love certain hormone combos and they get addicted this stuff. If you have a certain hormone combo that says, hey, time to beat myself up over self-doubt, there'll be cells in your body that go, oh, I just got my fix. (laughs) So if all you try and do is stop the negative thoughts about this, those cells will go, do you know what? She isn't paying me attention. I haven't had my fix today. This isn't on. And they will work with your mind to trigger off the chemical reactions that they get their fix. They will actually help feed thoughts that give them the hormone and chemical reactions that they need to thrive. And over time, this addiction means the cells need more and more of those chemical reactions to thrive, which is how we end up in these spirals. This is why we can't think ourselves out of this. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'm going to give you some engineer-approved woo-woo here as well. It goes deeper than neurology and beliefs, okay? This stuff really gets to the who am I level, the identity level stuff. This is the real reason why self-doubt comes up. It's when what you're doing in the outside world, your actions, are out of alignment with who you see yourself as being. This is why I'm always banging on about. (laughs) It's not what you do that changes the world. It's who you allow yourself to become. Yeah, it's not what you do that changes the world. It's who you allow yourself to become. Because who we allow ourselves to become 
defines where our comfort zones are. If you can allow yourself to become the person that does do that radio interview, that does do the presentation, that does do a Facebook live stream for clients, that does charge a fair rate, that does make the difference they're here to make in the world. If you allow yourself to see yourself as being that person and I can help you with energy woo-woo stuff on becoming that person, getting into alignment. If you allow yourself to do that, you don't need self-doubt and you don't need imposter syndrome because the inside world and the outside world match up. They line up. Yeah. I talk about this in quite a lot of detail in Dare to Dream Bigger. If you've already got it on page 151 in the hardback, if you've got the Kindle search for the phrase two most dangerous words, I talk about the two most dangerous words you've probably used already today that could be keeping you stuck. It's really worth reading that part of the book. So all of this sounds a bit doom and gloom, (laughs) except it's not. There's this thing called neuroplasticity that can really set you free on this, okay? So I've got a question for you. Have you ever learned anything in your life? And if you give me a no, I'm not going to believe you, okay? Every time we learn something, we create new neural pathways in our brains. It doesn't have to be something as big as becoming fluent in a foreign language. It can be riding a bike. It can be learning a route to work. It can be learning how to use a computer program. Every time we learn, we create new shortcuts in the brain. We rewire our neurology. That's what neuroplasticity means. And this means the reticular activating system, those filters, those motorways in your brain, you can reprogram them. You can reprogram them so you no longer have to be hardwired. So the stimulus of a client asking you what your rates are suddenly fills you with fear and makes you start discounting. You can change this. It's in your power. Yeah. And I know this is true. I've done it myself. I've seen it with clients and students I've worked with. You can do this. One of the first things you need to learn to do is to press pause on that negative chain of self-doubt thoughts. To help you on that, dare to dream bigger, page 129, how to press pause on negative thinking. If you don't have the book yet, and if you don't, why not? You can get it from the big bookstore in the sky, or you can order it from your local bookshop or get it from me direct with some lovely bonuses at dare to dream bigger handbook.com. So page 129, Or I've got a podcast episode where I talked about how to tame your inner critic in under 60 seconds. It's a really vital tool to move you towards setting yourself free from self-doubt and imposter syndrome. You can find that podcast episode, clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 037. But here's the thing, playing with your brain is still just the surface symptom. Our thoughts come from somewhere. Yeah. And this is why most people get stuck forever with self-doubt and imposter syndrome. It's why most coaches, because they need to stop at the thoughts and beliefs stage, they can't get you down to the root causes to heal those, to allow yourself to let them go so you can really be free from this. On Dare to Dream Bigger, page 94, I talk about why most people are fixing the wrong thing. That's the phrase to search for if you've got the Kindle version. Most people are fixing the wrong thing. Most people are fixing the symptoms. When you get in there and you release the root causes, the symptoms disappear. It's so much easier. You don't need willpower. It sets you free. You'll suddenly realise how much energy 
handling self-doubt was taking up for you, yeah? <laughs> so I've got a question for you. You've taken in an awful lot of information here and I'm really proud of you for that. And the fact you're listening to this says to me that you're ready to let go of self-doubt and imposter syndrome at some level and I'd love to help you. But first, I'm curious, have you had enough of self-doubt yet? Have you had enough of imposter syndrome? Are you actually ready to take action, to do something about this? Because if it's still doing something for you, you need to go and get some support to deal with that hidden need, that secondary gain. Otherwise, anything you do is not going to work. And it's really easy to just answer that question. It's like, I'm not ready to let go of imposter syndrome because, yeah? <laughs> but what's it costing you? If you think back over the last year, what have you turned down due to imposter syndrome and self-doubt? Which lies have you been telling yourself about it? Have you been pushing on through? Have you been <sighs> trying to convince yourself it just has to be this way and you just have to put up with it? What does it cost you in terms of opportunity? And what does it cost you in terms of hard cash? It's the biggest barrier to making a difference in the world. Who am I to do this? Or who are you not to? And there are three main ways I share with my clients on this. The simplest one I'm going to share with you right now. Do you remember earlier in this session, I asked you where in your body that self-doubt was hiding out? So if you're driving, you might want to make a note of which point of the podcast this bit's at and come back and do it at a time when you can close your eyes, okay? But if you're sitting on a train, if you're hanging out in your kitchen or in your office, just pause for a moment. Make sure it's safe and softly close your eyes. Keeping your feet on the ground, whether you're standing or sitting, allow yourself to imagine you're growing roots into the earth. You're really grounded, anchored and connected. And then imagine or visualize that you can breathe in through the soles of your feet to that point in your body where that tension or heaviness is hanging out. And just breathe in and out at that point in your body for a little while, just allowing it to start softening. When you feel ready, breathing out that tension or heaviness out through your legs and down through your feet into the earth. And I invite you to press pause. Do that in your own time for a few rounds, just giving yourself permission to let it go. And I'd love to hear from you via the show notes how you got on with this. It's clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash four zero. Another technique I use with clients, sometimes when we're running really deep imposter syndrome and self-doubt, clearing it cognitively, rationally can actually make it more ingrained. Remember those neural pathways. I have a pretty big toolbox, okay? I've got everything from the user manual to your brain, psychology, neuroscience, energy work, 15 years of doing this. But one of the most effective ways I've got is tapping, EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping, meridian tapping. I have found for myself and my clients, when you've got something that's really old and really stuck and it doesn't feel safe to let it go, 
working with somebody on emotional freedom technique can really help clear it out in as little as one session. It's blown me away how effective it is for that deep stuck stuff where we don't actually need to know the story and the drama and the why. Then something else I do with my clients is anything that can pause that thought, emotion, body tension cycle. The grounding breath we've just done is a brilliant way of doing that. And I've actually pulled together a free five-day training for you, which you'll find on the show notes page for this article, for this podcast episode, clayosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 40. In it, I take you through some of the myths behind imposter syndrome, some of the ways to find out how you're running it, how it's getting in your way. I give you an MP3 you can download and a video, which is my emergency quick fix process I share with clients if imposter syndrome suddenly strikes and navel gazing is not something they've got time for. That's normally chargeable. I'm giving it to you as my gift if you sign up for this free course. And the most important thing, the third thing you can do is the inside work is setting yourself free from just working on the symptoms and the sticky plasters, doing a deep dive, going and do some face-to-face work with someone you really trust who believes that you can set yourself free from self-doubt and imposter syndrome. You don't have to carry it for the rest of your life. And if you want to work with me on that, then I've got my VIP work I do. You can find that at clareyosa.com forward slash mentoring or... I've got my imposter syndrome mastermind, which is all about how to really get lined up with who you really are and the actions in the outside world then just fall into place. You don't need to feel the self-doubt. The stuff you've carried for years, you can let go of. It's a three-month program. I only run it twice a year. Doors are opening soon for the autumn 2017 round. If you're listening to this podcast on the day it was launched, if not, come back to the show notes page and the current link to sign up to the next round of that mastermind will be there. It's only for a group of about 10, 11 people who are absolutely committed to saying, I've had enough. My favourite Italian word, basta. (laughs) They've had their basta moment. They're not prepared to suffer from this anymore and they're ready to do whatever it takes to set themselves free. So go to the show notes page now and find out whether or not there are still places for my next round on the imposter syndrome mastermind, clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 40. And above all, please don't beat yourself up about this. Yeah. In Dare to Dream Bigger, I take you through so many processes that help you get ready to deal with the root causes, that help you to release the symptoms, that deal with the secondary gain. You can do this stuff while you're sat on the sofa with a cup of tea on a Saturday morning. And if you've got Dare to Dream Bigger already, remember, you've got the Reader's Club. In the Reader's Club, there are meditations and workbooks and videos and discussion guides to take you even further on this. It's only available to readers of the book. Okay, but if you've got the book, go and join. The link is it's in the book about 40 times. (laughs) So you'll have seen it by now. Just go and sign up right now. And my big dream for you, whether you read my books, whether you go on my courses, whether you work one to one, whether you join a mastermind or whether you do this solo or with someone else. Is for you to let go of the lies we've all been telling ourselves about self-doubt. It doesn't have to be that way because it has been that way. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean you have to start criticizing yourself, but you can choose to take the next step on your journey towards setting yourself free from this. And just imagine how it will feel when you do. 
Just imagine if every day you could feel 1% less self-doubt and 1% more congruent, authentic alignment with who you really are and doing what you're here to do and making the difference you're here to make. 1% a day. Could you imagine that? And I hate to break it to you, but that means after three months, you're done (laughs) in 1% a day. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to involve snot and tissues. And you can laugh your way there. The very first step, I encourage you, come and take my free five-day training. It will make a real difference for you. And I'd love to hear from you via the show note comments. What are you going to do about this? Now you know the lies that we're all telling ourselves about self-doubt and imposter syndrome. What might you do differently? What action are you going to take? How could you get started on this journey? And who else do you know who might really, really love listening to this podcast episode? Give me a yell via the comments, clayosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 40. And please help me keep this podcast advert free the way you want it to be by sharing it far and wide. If this has helped you, share the podcast page link, the show notes page link in any social media groups you're part of where passionate world changes are hanging out, entrepreneurs, business leaders, solopreneurs, mumpreneurs. Yep, I hate that word too. (laughs) And maybe give them a quick note when you share it about something specific in this that's helped you. If you've got questions, let me know. I'm happy to answer them in a future episode. And please subscribe via iTunes to make sure you catch each episode. And if you've loved it today, maybe you could leave a gorgeous little review because that really helps other people to find the podcast too. I hope that's been helpful. I hope you can now see some of the fibs we've been telling ourselves about self-doubt. I hope you can now see some of the ways it's affecting you and that you've got some strategies to start moving towards the place of freedom. Yeah, I talk about getting people stepping into their soul shoes, that fearless place of freedom to be who you really are and make the difference you're really here to make whilst loving the journey. And that's my biggest wish for you. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got comments or questions, let me know on the show notes page. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll be back soon with the next episode of Dare to Dream Bigger. Thank you. Thank you.